Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John O'White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Peter Cimarroni. Peter is the Chief Executive Officer of Palladium. Welcome to the podcast, Peter. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate you. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to chat with you and hear your story. First of all, tell us about Palladium. Tell us about what you do as CEO as well. Yes, we're a best practices company, but we really go in and do a deep dive and find out what's right with the company, what's not so right with the company, where do they want to be and why and how fast. And then we get them there either through an a la carte program or through some type of a hybrid program or a full-blown master plan. And we engage that and execute it and get them to the next level to either grow organically, to grow through acquisition and organics, to get uh, line item efficiencies, or get them ready for acquisition themselves. Yeah, such a great uh, succinct answer. I can tell you've uh, you've uh, worked on that before. Uh, no, it's great. I always appreciate an articulate explanation of what someone does. Let's jump into your story now. I want to start at the beginning with, with your childhood and growing up, Peter. As you reflect on that season of your life, what are the moments or even the themes from your childhood that really shaped you into the person and the leader you are today? You know, it's interesting. I, I grew up in a very loving and um, very emotionally uh, secure family. And so very, very supportive, uh, just really a great uh, environment. Uh, my father was uh, of Italian descent. My mother was of Ar Armenian descent. And so we got both the, the, the love and, the, and, and also the intelligence. And that said, I also had an Italian grandmother live with us because her, um, my grandfather died uh, early. Well, I was, I think, four years old. And she was a pre pretty sad and lonely person because of that. But uh, her joy was her grandchildren. And so she got a lot of joy out of us, and she liked to feed us. And because of that, I got to become a pretty robust young man. And so by the time I was 13, I was fairly obese, and I didn't like that. And so I took it upon myself to not become obese and to be in shape. And to this day, I am at 9% body fat with uh, like a 29-inch waist and literally at uh, – BMI of uh, 19 and so it's and I'll be 65 in, in about two weeks that said uh, I also recognized how people treated you when you got obese and then how they treated you when you became in shape and I recognized that at an early age and that was a very big uh, lesson learned and also an aha moment for me to say hmm these uh, people are pretty shallow so it was, it was a fascinating thing, and uh, I've taken that lesson through my life and really look for people that are genuine. And so I go where I'm celebrated, not tolerated, and I like to be around people that feel the same. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Um, you go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. 
Um, that's uh, that's also inter an interesting insight into you, and uh, I think that's that's quite a remarkable transformation to go from being a young person who, like you said, um, was was quite a solid, you know, guy to actually go, you know what, like that's. <laughs> I think there'll be lots of us listening who maybe don't identify with the with the sheer. It sounds like there was an intensity at a young age where you committed to change that, but lots of people want to change that and then aren't able to. So what, what is it about you, Peter, that, you know, that did that not only as once off, but now, like you said, a long way down the track, you've been able to maintain that and consistently make that a, a focus in your life. How, how were you able to do that? I think it was uh, through self love and understanding that um, all aspects of life, uh, if, if you really have a true self love, you're going to pay attention to all aspects of foundational life. And what I mean by that is you need to have harmony in, in physicality, in spirituality, in philosophy, and in psychological uh, health. And so I really worked on all those, and, and they came together. And so what I, I, I just made a determination with intent to live that life. And so... Um, the balance we see so much of people out of balance, whether they take care of one thing and they don't take care of another. And if you really understand self-love, then you're going to be able to do that. And it's going to be easy. And it gets you through a lot of interesting times, if you will. So I think yeah. that genuine, you know, yeah, that genuineness of, of really self-love. And that's, that's where all love emanates and follows. Because if you don't love yourself, how can you truly love someone else? You know, it Does, doesn't work. It's great that you've mentioned this because I feel like in corporate land, when it comes to um, you know achieving success, growing organizations, I think the the L word, you know, love, has for a long time been uh, fully rejected, and then more okay. And I feel like more and more people are going. Actually, this is this is absolutely linked if if we can actually tap into this and help people as an example with what we're talking about now what does it look like to invest yeah. in our people to hire people who really do love themselves and actually want to serve others and, and love others out of that place that's you know there's been so many great sure. business books written in the past decade about that so i love that yeah mm -hmm. I, I really do think it's great that you mentioned that so let's talk um practically say we've got a listener who's going oh man as you're talking, they're thinking, that's something I'm, I, I really don't do well, is self-love. How, yeah. you know, what advice yeah. would you give? How do you change that if you're a person where you maybe realize that you, at whatever age you are, you haven't ever really embraced that? Any advice? Well, I think that, you know, if you really look at the etymology of all religion, it uh, all stems from self-love. And the message is beautiful. It's the people it's the, it, that corrupt the institution, the, that corrupt the message. You know, when you look at any religion, it's, it's do good always. Well, if you do good always, you're going to love yourself because you're doing good works. It's not do good some of the time <laughs> or when it's convenient. It's do good always. And so I think that if you look at whether it's religion or if you go into some type of therapy, 
Uh, and I think therapy is terrific. I think it's like a, uh, you know, it's like a personal trainer for your soul, if you will. And, and I think that if you really drill down deep and see where some of the cracks or some of the corruption in your own soul came from and identify that and then just put it away and move on, you're, you're on the road to healing and, around, and the road to self-love. You know, we all have, we all have our uh, idiosyncrasies and also our, our damage. And so we have to identify that. And we really have to look ourselves in the mirror and hold ourselves accountable. And when you do, you can go to bed pretty easy and sleep pretty well. Uh, it's when you don't. It's when you try to fool yourself and, and, and BS yourself is where, you know, everything kind of falls apart. Yeah, well said. And, and I think the, it sounds like that introspection and sometimes we need someone else's help to actually see clearly inside of ourselves as well is um, sure. is so important. And, uh, the, I, you know, I, I want to ask you, you, you're in a fascinating line of work. I think what you do is really interesting. Um, I think okay. one thing that I've noticed chatting with people who do the same sort of work that you and Palladium do, Peter, is I, I always yes. love finding out if you've always been wired like this because i think i hear what you do and i think wow that's high intensity and it's um you know uh, you, often it means moving quite quickly and making being very brave and courageous to make hard decisions but that sometimes it, it seems to come easily and I, you know and i'm just saying that as someone who doesn't yeah. know you well but just from from hearing a little bit about what you do so have you always been like that? Can you think back to childhood, Peter? <laughs> and were you wired like that? Are there yeah, any yeah. stories that, that remind yeah. you of Palladium and what you do now when you were young? Well, I didn't like to lose, number one. So, But I learned to channel that into a real positive thing because I had a bad temper when I was young. And so I, I worked on that immediately. I didn't like the fallout of a bad temper. Uh, but I did like my competitive spirit, and I thought that if I if I channel that in a positive way, it could be very effective. And so I always look for the best way. And I coach high school. I've all, I've coached high school, college, international wrestling, amateur wrestling, and I coined a term called economy emotion. I want to be in the best position with the least amount of work to get the best results. But you can't do that unless you really search and, and research best practices, best teachings, best coachings. And so I've always been that student to be taught to be better and then to be best. But the best is a moving target, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can get there and then all of a sudden somebody's got to do better in a different way. You know, particularly with Moore's Law, I mean, you know, you're looking at insane you know, uh, increasing exponentially of technology and speed of technology. So to get, you know, to, to say your best, that's a moving target. So, but I was always built that way, but I always was built with a very empathetic core. So I love the platinum rule is do unto others as they wish to be done unto, but I don't beg anybody to be in our world. So, you know, I'm also saying, hey, if you want to be in our world and you want to be treated a certain way, you better also bust ass to do it too, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's um, it's interesting you mentioned that passion that you had from an early age not to lose and a passion to learn. And yeah. I think 
that is a you know I, i've even noticed with a lot of leadership teams when i've been working with them and doing offsites that's that is a, a a killer combination you know when you've got people on your team or you have a team full of people who are teachable who are who are lifelong learners like yeah. I, I i don't want to settle i want to find a better way to do this i want to find new information mixed with that achieving like how do we um how do we produce the best you know and and always make things better sure. i think that combination that you just articulated is really powerful yes yes and it's also powerful when you mix that in with empathy mm. and so you know and I, and i think that you know when someone is not listening you fall apart as this organization and so if someone is motivated by um, more time off because they just had a, a newborn and you're trying to motivate them with bonuses, there's a super disconnect there. <laughs> you're like, what are you doing, man? You're not listening to me. And then the leader is looked at now kind of sideways, like, wait a minute. I was, I was, I, I like this way we're being led and then all of a sudden they're not listening to me you know so uh it, it's it's a fascinating dynamic that occurs because the student can always become the teacher too and then that becomes a beautiful thing because if you're truly an open mind and an open heart if you're a leader and someone can teach you and then you put your spin on it in a better way that's brilliance that's elegance there and so I'm, I'm always open to former students and former athletes coming back into my world and teaching me a better way. And then me evolving that and teaching the next generation. So it's a really fascinating dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to ask you about a leadership opportunity or a leadership experience earlier in your career that felt like you were in the deep end. Um, what comes to mind as, as a, an experience where you really felt out of your depth, maybe you felt like you were hitting a ceiling and it, it took, you know, whether it was people around you, whether it was learning new skills, but there's something about that story or that moment that was a, a bit of a breakthrough for you as a younger leader. Is in, in, in regards to in um, my business career? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah sorry, in okay. your business career. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, it was actually very, I didn't feel out of my depth. I have to be honest, I'm going to be very candid with you. Yeah, I felt that the leaders that I was having to answer to were not very bright and were not really evolved. So it was almost like I had to dumb and dumb myself down and also be less empathetic and, and be more of a kind of a creep actually. So that was really challenging for me because I was always this person and I always had that empathy and also that ability to see so many different aspects, you know, of, of the business world. And I'm like, these people are very myopic and they're very self-centered and they're not really, I don't want to work for these people. So it's just fascinating how that really took me out in my, you know, I was in the deep end there. I was like, oh my God, this is the business world. 
Mm. Wow. <laughs> How are these people succeeding? And they're kind of creepy. You know, so it was just a real eye opener for me. Real eye opener. What took you by surprise the most about that? Like, what, it sounds like you were really, you were really shocked. Was it the fact that, that these, or was it their behaviors? That, what was it? Yeah, that these really not not very nice people were making a lot of money and successful financially. And I'm like, this is kind of gross. And so I said, I'm not going to be that business person. Yeah, you know, yeah. I am not going to be. I'm not going to be at the end of the day, somebody's going to go home and say, this guy's an a-hole. And so, yeah. And so I've left a lot of money on the table over the years, but now things are catching up with me and people are starting to think the way I think. (laughs) And we're all making money together and doing great work. (laughs) You know what I mean? So uh, the creepy factor is, 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 yeah, I mean, the the, the a-hole factor has been uh, fairly reduced, but there's still a lot of them out there, but it's, it's fascinating. What do you, you know, when it comes to making deals, when it comes to, and and there's money on the table and it, sometimes it can really affect our judgment. <laughs> Are there any things that yeah. you've learned to look for? Any questions you've learned to ask? Any any steps you've added into well, the process to, you know, to, to weed out the, <laughs> the a-holes? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, there's two things. First and foremost, I use this adage, you can't make a good deal with a bad person. So that's number one. But number two, I have the mother test. So I look, if I'm any way, shape, or form not feeling it, I will look with the person that I'm doing the business with and I'll go, will our, will our, will our mothers approve of this? And if they both, you know, and invariably we do the deal because we both say, yeah, my mom and I love my mommy. <laughs> and that person will say, yeah, my mom, yeah. They would approve of this deal. Then we would shake hands and sign the sign the agreement and move forward. So it's the mother test. Uh, unless your mother's a goof, yeah. Unless your mother's a bad person, which not most, not many mothers are bad people. Most mothers are pretty good people, but it's it's the mother test. So, I like yeah. That, the mother so test. that's that's my that's my litmus test. <laughs> that's great. Uh, what about mentors for you yeah. in your career so far? Who have who have been? Uh, who are some of the people, and I'm sure there are a lot of them, but, you know, who comes to mind who's had a, a particularly positive influence on your leadership? Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I always wanted to be a, a, a business person like my my father, uh, but, my, but my mother also was an incredible business entrepreneur in the 70s. Uh, she was one of the top uh, female business owners in uh, the state of Ohio. So I had that remarkable parent combination of, of seeing an international executive in my father and then a, a very successful female entrepreneur in my mother. So I had some good uh, role models there. And then as I matriculated through my business career, I had a um, initial boss who was a wonderfully trustworthy and trusting boss who just said go do your job he goes i don't care if you work an hour a day or 20 hours a day if you get your job done and you're not doing anything that you know is going to cause harm to the company i don't care what you do go 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 do your thing and i was like god man that's pretty evolved so and his name was mike weiss love the guy 
uh, we, we lost him to, we lost him about 15 years ago. And um, then I had a partner who, um, and he just retired. Uh, he was my partner for a number of years, but um, just a really evolved guy that just really just loved business, loved the people he was around, loved his people, loved his vendors, loved his partners. He truly just, I mean, he would give gifts all the time. Like I remember being at a dinner one night and he, you know, one of his, uh, uh, one of his uh, clients said, you know, I really like that watch you're wearing. And he gave it to him. And the guy was like, no, I don't want it. And he says, no, you're, this is yours. Wow. And I'm like, man, that's cool. That's really cool. And uh, so I've done, I've done a few of those in my life. But um, I didn't have the ability to do it at that point. But he did it then. And, man, I'll, I'll never forget that. So, um, and, and, and just a really cool guy. And so, um, but then, you know, I've had some others, too, that I've, uh, throughout history that I've, I mean, I think Abraham Lincoln was one of the greatest business people in the history of the planet. And uh, some of his teachings is uh, circumspection uh, I, I use all the time uh, of not ex not sending that that email off the cuff, always having circumspection and you know being uh, patient and uh, and and don't send that excoriating letter or that uh, you know over the top phone call. Have uh, you know have some empathy and have some have some love. Can you tell us about Abraham Lincoln's leadership? Any stories about his leadership that, um, or, or any themes about his leadership that have been particularly influential for you? Well, I used to write these uh, uh, these just brutal letters to his generals that were screwing up during the Civil War, and whether he forgot about them or he had he had his own thought process, he would put them in the drawer. And never send them. And he would think about he would think about the best way to get m these people motivated to win the war, to win the Civil War. And then he would go down there after a week or two, and meet with you know General Sherman or whoever whoever that general was that he wasn't pleased with, and really have a great perspective on how to address it, and a great solution on how to move forward. So that he would get that victory. So I think we we tend to because of emails and, and DMs and social media, we tend to be so, and we can hide behind a lot of it too. We send we send out these awful, <laughs> you know, awful diatribes and and, and uh, communications that we just shouldn't. And so I think that I think if people had more Lincoln sodium perspective that it would be great in in business today and just in general life yeah that's so good i think um <laughs> uh there is something cathartic and there is something powerful about writing the letter uh particularly handwriting it, yes when you when there's something going on yes. there's and then it's it's funny yeah. isn't it because then you can do so much damage by sending it and how genius from lincoln like you said not sure how intentional it was or maybe maybe he had a bad memory about his letters but you know what from knowing a little yeah. bit i know about him you do wonder if he was just 
very intentional about it, writing it out, getting it out of a system, but then going, actually, I'm not going to send that. Now I've got it. Now I've articulated it. I'm going to take a different approach. And um, that's, yep. isn't that amazing? Because there's, you know, I feel like there'll, there'll be a book released tomorrow about that. That'll be the new thing. You know? And yet Abraham Lincoln was doing that that's, back then. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah, we just have these too much off the cuff stuff and, you know, these, you know, these, these reviews and, you know, yeah. it just, it just, and everybody thinks that they have power and they really have none because they're just pretty shallow people sitting behind a, a laptop, you know? Agreed. So. Well, uh, you know, you mentioned mm -hmm. your parents. I always love to ask any yeah. stories that really sum up for you and it can be business, it can be leadership, it can just be life. You know, your parents sound like remarkable people yeah. that you really did learn a lot from as a person and as a leader. Any stories about one or both of your parents that that are sort of uh, trademark, sort of um, really sum up how they approach life and, and business? Yeah, I mean, um, the, the first and foremost thing is they absolutely adore their family. And so that adoration resonates in everything that I do. I love my people. I love the the young men and, and once in a while a woman that I'll coach. I mean they're all my they're all my children. And so that resonation that reso that that resonates throughout the entire uh, path of their lives as well as it's now being passed down to myself and my nephew who is um, the former defensive coordinator for Duke football, University of Duke football, and now a defensive analyst for the Ohio State University. So, and he's a very well thought of coach. And he, he is extremely loved by his people. And the, and the other thing too is responsibility um, and consequences. Yeah, my, my parents were big about responsibility and knowing that if you do not adhere to a certain form of behavior that was acceptable, that there will be consequences and they were swift and they were just and they were consistent. So you knew where you stood and you knew that if you tried to pull a fast one, one one going to go over too well. So I love those. I love that. I love that in, in my DNA. So. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that swift. What did you say? Swift, just, and consistent. I, th I think um, yes. they're three great words for accountability in parenting, but also in leadership. You know, if you can act swiftly and, sure. and give people feedback straight away, make sure it's just and it's a fair yeah. process and consistent so that people look look around yeah. and go, actually, no, this is this is consistent. Um, I feel like you just, um, you just threw out three words there that are absolute um keys to accountability uh, obviously from how your parents did it but also for any leader out there if you can be swift just and consistent that's that's yes. what great leaders do i think yeah and and also too they you know there's no you know you give good and bad news fast too and there's no there's no confusion that is the worst thing that a leader can provide is not clarity. You have to have clarity and there's, you cannot be confused on what the message and the vision is. And by doing so, which I just described, it's, it's a, it's a great way to lead. 
Hundred um, percent. Well, let's jump into Leadership Express. I'm really interested to ask you some of these questions, Peter. The first one is about a book, sure. or there might be multiple. What, what's a book that you've gifted to other people, or you find yourself recommending to people a lot? Well, I, the book I wrote, Benevolent Capitalism, is for sure number one. Um, and the others, I mean, there's so many. I, I mean, Think and Grow Rich, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, The E-Myth. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I've got even, uh, I, I just read uh, Grant Cardone's 10X. Uh, I mean, there's so many that are out there um, from good to great. Um, you know, uh, I mean, keep the KPI mentality and the books written about that. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Oh God. I just love his stuff. Um, you know, I love, uh, our boy, uh, Seth Godin who wrote purple cow. Um, just, you know, so I could go on and on. That's a good list. <laughs> Anyone who's looking yeah. for a reading list. Yeah. Just rewind the past yeah. minute and go through those books and you're well on your way to <laughs> <laughs> to uh, some some great thinking and transformation. That was a wonderful list. Thank you. Um, what is Indeed. a what's a problem or challenge that you see leaders facing today? I think that, that you know, they're struggling with um, what is proper to say. Uh, or to do, and it's stifling uh, leadership. And what I mean by that is, there's so much, um, there's so much. <laughs> if people were, if people had more self-love, they wouldn't get their nose in a joint for some things that were said and done. And I think that there needs to be more strength and courage and just let's get going and forget about you know if i hurt your feelings um come on guys let's go and so that's i think a big issue today yeah and we've really almost you know overregulated the work workplace to be almost stifling and and, and i mm. think it's a shame I really yeah, do. yeah, absolutely. Next, uh, next question. Do you have yeah. any favorite quotes that uh, you know frame on frame it and put it on the wall, or just you, you you mention them a lot, or they're somewhere in the back of your mind all the time? Yeah, well, again, the go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. I, I just love that. Um, but I love the um, the man in the arena by Teddy Roosevelt. Um, and that's such a wrestling quote too. Uh, it says it's not a quote, but it's an actual um, paragraph, if you will. And but what he says in there is that you know the man in the arena is the guy that takes the chance, or the woman that takes the chance. And it's easy to criticize, but you know the entrepreneur or the athlete or the artist. It gets out there and just puts it out there for all the world to see. Uh, that, to me, those are some of my big heroes. Yeah, that's um, that's great. They're great thoughts. Thank you for sharing them. Uh, mm -hmm. What about morning routine? Sure. This is something 
time management is a big thing that leaders are always interested in. And, and if you zoom in, people are always reading, uh, questioning, how do I, as a, as a, as a leader, young leader, an older leader, how do I, you know, in such a busy world and often under a lot of stress in particularly senior leadership, any, any advice you'd give people or, yeah. or what's worked for you around morning routine and, and how to do that as a leader? Yeah, I try to get up between six and seven o'clock in the morning. And um, I, I pretty much accomplish that every day, except for maybe on the weekends. And uh, I start off with a big iced coffee with a couple of things, uh, some, some vitamins I put in it. And it's really jump starts my metabolism. And that's why one of the big reasons the keys to my ability to be at the uh, physical shape I'm in right now. But I also get through all my social media and because I have a I have a company that does podcasting, etc. I get through all my social media in the first twenty minutes of the morning, so I don't have to look at it the rest of the day because I think it's a time waster. And I answer pertinent emails, and then I go into planning mode, and I try to be in planning mode in quadrant four, if you will, uh, in in uh, some of the. Uh, uh, important but not urgent tasks and visions and uh, I try to live there most of the day and if I got to put it out a fire or two I will but um, that's how I get started and um, try to get in at least 45 minutes to an hour of some type of mid-level workout I don't I'm not a big high intensity guy anymore and um, try to move man just keep moving all day long so I don't sit much, but I'm sitting right now to, to listen to, to, to talk to you, my man. <laughs> so. Oh, that's so good. No, great thoughts yeah. there, Peter. Um, and oh. uh, yeah, some awesome. wonderful thoughts. Thank you. Um, last question. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say to them? I would say don't ever do anything that you feel shitty about. And I use that term. Mm. Do stuff that you feel great about. Yeah, that's good. I have no regrets in that regard. Yep. Wonderful. Well, for yep. those who've really enjoyed today and want to uh, find out more, connect with you online, or even uh, maybe reach out to you uh, about Palladium, how can people connect with you in the company online, Peter? Yes, we're at palladiumedge.com, and uh, we also have uh, two podcasts. Uh, we have Coach Cimarroni's Undeniable, we use the uh, anglicized term, and we also have uh, Blood Time, the podcast. Uh, you can find those anywhere podcasts are listening to. We also are on Maverick Podcasting Network, and we're also on the Salem Broadcasting Network. Uh, and if you want my book, Benevolent Capitalism is on Amazon. And that's my story, my man, Mr. White. <laughs> so, Wonderful. I yeah. appreciate you. I appreciate you. So well, that's I how you thank get to our us. listeners. As we, as we wrap up, what a fun episode. Peter's just uh, shared wonderful stories with us. And um, don't forget, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast and the Leadership Question of the Day podcast. Uh, but I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to you, Peter, for being so generous with your time and being such a joy to spend time with. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. 
Jono, I could not be uh, more excited about uh, this conversation. You are awesome. Great questions. And I love your platform and your format. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this, I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O'White, or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. 
I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.